you remember the story when Nick Foles took over and they're like, oh, we sat down and talked to Nick. He's like, what do you really like to do? And they watched all the tape with Chip Kelly from the 27 and 2. I think they just need to sit down with Carson and be like, what do you actually want to be doing on the field? Let him do his Superman shit. That's fine. Let him run around the pocket and throw off bounds. That's when he's at his best. Let's figure out a way to make it work. But it's also then, you know, it's where he's at his most injury prone. You know what? At some point, you got to get over the injury. That's the thing. Okay. Like, that's fine with me. That's, that's the get, thing. You know I'll what? I'm, I'm fine. If this guy wants to play, he wants to play the way he wants to play, and it leads to injuries, that's on him. It's not my life. Right, welcome back. I am back. Apologies, completely bedridden. Um, I'm Kyle, as always, joined by Gary and Peach. Hey, listen, hand up. I guess I caught the flu somehow this weekend. Maybe sharing some champagne bottles with people. Had uh, I was around a lot of people this weekend, so I'm very happy that uh, my my Corona test got the uh, the rapid test. Ooh. So seventy five dollars down the drain. Um, to just be told that I was negative. Um, cause I'm, but, I'm, but it's a good thing because then I would have had to tell like 70 people that I would have, uh, that I was a. Uh, you would have been like the zero. guy with herpes, been like, oh, you might want to get tested. Yeah. I'd, be, I'd be the patient zero monkey and then everyone would just point their finger. No one's nice about yeah. it. I've had friends that got it and people just get on them about it. Like they just gave it to themselves and. and 70 no. people is a lot. I mean, you can't make a group chat of 70 people. So you're texting a lot of people individually or a lot of groups. I'm, I'm de- I definitely had my people lined up. Like, like mm. it was definitely like my main friend who then knew the other group or so like Friday, Saturday, like we had a group dinner, we had a group party on Saturday and then Sunday we were just out for the bird stuff. So it was just like, it was a long just weekend. No masks spitting in each other's mouths all day. No, no, there was, there was masks when you get up from the, from the table and just go to the bar. I just said, I think I was, you know, I think I was swapping drinks with, uh, with champagne and stuff. I think someone, uh-uh. you're, you're celebrating something. You swapping drinks with chicks, dude? Being chicks out? No, no. Okay. I don't swap. Definitely wasn't an Eagles win. The guy was definitely sucking face, like by the bar (laughs) at McGillan's or something like that, and he's like, "Hey, I'm not going to get the virus." No, 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 no. No, I promise. So I'm back. I'm happy. I'm back. I'm telling you, man. I I thought I had Corona Mm because this is how I felt last time. I think now I don't think I have the antibodies. I've been just bragging about having the antibodies this whole time. And you should go no get chance. the antibody test now. That's what you should fuck do. Fuck that, dude. Fuck, fuck that. I'm not doing that. I've, I'm, I don't like needles. I won't get tattoos. I have, to, I have a shot that I have to get in like two years from now, and I am already uh, doing it. I don't, shots don't bother me, I guess. I don't know. Maybe I'm just not afraid. I, got, I had to get stitches in my foot once, and I think there was no pain. Well, I'm sure there's pain worse than that, but that was a tough one. They had to do the whole bend the needle in so they can numb my foot down. It was brutal. Fuck. Yeah, they have to navigate the tendon. They can't hit the tendon. Jeez. This guy had a this guy had a needle that was like six inches. He's like bending it around. He's like, I gotta go to get it in there. And I'm like, that's the ah! thing. Maybe if the needle didn't look like you were going to like excavate me or or, uh-huh. or what's the thing when they uh, they used to do back in the lobotomy? Give Lobotomies, me a lobotomy. sure. I would probably be okay with it. If it was like a two inch needle. That's fine. I, my my sister, she had diabetes. She had the ones where you had to get the needle. So it's okay. like a little two inch needle. But you give me like a seven inch, eight inch long needle. Who wants to see that? Gary, you're lucky it wasn't the Chargers team doctor. Yeah, that guy just stabs people's lungs. Very topical, Peach. Yeah, good Thank job, you, Peach. Cool. This is why we bring you around. This is how, yes. Somehow you kept your job, and that's what yeah. that's what you do. Thank you. But I don't know. I'm happy to be back. 
and uh, missed you guys. And I listened to the show on uh, Tuesday, and it was wonderful, wonderfully ran, wonderfully mm. produced, and uh, and we'll get some clips out of that tomorrow as well. Do you feel nervous about like your position here? No. I, okay. I, I did laugh at being Molly Pipped, and I was like, if yeah. Jason's going to take over me, the Water Boys never had a future anyway. <laughs> That's pretty fair. Jason, your rebuttal? <laughs> Nothing? I plead the fifth. Okay, all right, all right. All Two, right. three, four, five. All right, let's get into today. This weekend, Eagles take on the Bengals in Philadelphia. Line started at minus six and a half, already bet down to five on some books, five and a half on others, four and a half some places and the total sitting at 46 and a half. So minus 236 favorites, so they should obviously win this game. But after what happened last week, and if the play calling is that vanilla, and Joe Burrow does kind of put on a show like he did last Thursday, on a 10-day rest, got a factor in the rest, uh, but rest also equals rust. You got to be a little worried about this. I don't know where Geno Atkins sits. I don't know where their other defensive tackle sits. I know they were out last Thursday. I don't think they're playing. I think early reports they're not supposed to play. Okay. So but I could be wrong. Let me tell you something. This is going to be the one where John Ross has like a 98-yard touchdown. He's finally going to have his coming up, coming out party against the Eagles. I, I just I, – I, this, this game could go either way. I think they should beat him by 14. Kyle, I think the easiest thing to th- – like if I had to – if I was going against this, again, like we said last week, this is the public money coming in. So people saw the Eagles are 0-2. They – saw that Joe Burrow had a good game, so that's going to move the line because the public money is coming in. Remember, the sharp money's still not in. I'm going to stick to that narrative no matter what. Um, here's the thing. I haven't been – I'm very down on the Eagles. I mean, me and Kyle me and Kyle talked throughout the day. I think he would tell you how down I am. There's no way they lose this game. I just don't – I don't see it happening. I think you're going to see not 2017 Carson Wentz. I think you're going to see an improved Carson Wentz. It doesn't bode well for the Eagles that we're not getting um, – Jalen Rager this week, you know, the UCL or whatever it is, tearing his thumb is a tough look for him. But he'll be back. Also 50-50. Yeah, you know, he's been 50-50 all year because he hasn't played that well. Um, He's probably getting double teamed a lot, and he's the focus of the defensive line. Well, Javon Hargrave Hargrave played. We didn't even know. So here's the thing. You know, the offensive line for the Bengals isn't good. It's the most expensive defensive line in football comes in. They haven't played well. This this needs to be the this needs to be the get right game, because it's this is a key. If you win this game, you might be tied for first in the division, which is absolutely ridiculous to say. And I think I said to PJ on Tuesday, I just can't do this again. I can't do another year of us being like five and seven, be like, oh, we're only a game out. We're only a game out. Oh, the Cowboys choked again. The, the fact of the matter is, this division probably will still come down to Week 16 when we play the Cowboys, which is brutal. I just don't want to do this again. So. Yeah. But I'm I'm ready to I'm ready to be hurt. So let's do it. Let's win this week and we'll move on. Yeah, I don't think we have to really go into a deep recap of this game. I really would like to talk to you actually more about. I don't want to do seven and nine. I don't want to do nine and seven. I don't want to do eight and eight because guess no. what? It's going to be. The yeah, then Saints. you have the thirteenth pick or the fourteenth yeah. pick, and you lose in the first round. It listen. Barchard has said this a couple times, and at first I like dismissed him. This team does need to be bad for one or two years. I mean, we haven't had high picks to be able to get, you know, blue chips. And who's to say we would even get blue chips because Howie can't draft? It it really comes back to how bad of a drafting team the Eagles are. I mean, I don't know. It's like being it's like being an eight seed in basketball. There's no value in being an eight seed. 
You know, you're going to get – you might hit a couple times. I mean, let's go back and think Jeremy Macklin, that was a hit. He was like a mid-round – a mid-first-round pick. There's, there's times it works out, but, like, you can't move up. You can't, you can't spend capital to move up. Um, but there's also the been biggest, no proven – there's been no proven – Howie Roseman has never proven that he can – be capable of drafting. So it's like, oh, we can't I fully even, agree with you. can't even say that. Like, that, like there's mid-round picks, but because even, how he's unable to target them. Well, even now, you know, we're questioning if Carson Wentz was a good pick because he, he hasn't played well. So it's, you know, we're now we're, you, you used to give him, he's like, oh, there was always Carson. Now we're not sure that's a good pick. I would like to see them get a little bit more creative with Jalen Hurts. I'd like to see him touch the ball this week. That'd be nice. Maybe a two. I, I think I was saying this to Kyle today. I've been watching a ton of, Arizona Cardinals tape and I would just love to see the Eagles do things like that just a little bit like things that aren't like oh five-step drop throw it over the middle of the tight end I think the Eagles are bogged down by having two good tight ends I would love to see them try and move on from one of the tight ends and obviously that would probably be urged in the contract situation I think it kind of makes sense the more I think about it 12 personnel takes a fast receiver off the field and that's kind of where I'm sitting. I mean, no, I don't know another team that runs as much 12 personnel as the Eagles, and maybe it's because no other team has the tight ends the Eagles do. But I just don't think that's a winning formula just to run 12 personnel all the time in the NFL. I think you need speed, and I think you guys need – and I think it needs to be ball out quick, get down the field with yak. I think that's just the way you have to play now, and the Eagles aren't doing that. So the only two points I have on that is 12 personnel, the only reason why I think they have to run it is because they have J.J. Ortega-Whiteside, who's obviously incapable of catching a ball – and or getting open enough to catch a ball. And then John Hightower, who's a rookie, who just, you know, though he was targeted a couple of times, just looked kind of lost. So I think 12 personnel has to work for them right now. Second point, I'm not ready to hand the keys to a Cliff Kingsbury offense. I know he's some offensive genius and whatnot. We've been talking about how he's an offensive genius, but he's also a failed coach in the NCAA, and they rarely failed coaches come so up. So I'm, I'm not saying I want to go to 100% a Cliff Kingsbury offense. I say I want to see aspects of that thrown mm-hmm. into the offense. Our offense is stale. It's, it's movement. Yeah, I need to see something different. I mean, when's, remember last year when we've been, we were calling to put Jordan Howard and Miles Sanders on the field at the same time? The first thing that happens is Miles Sanders breaks like a 75-yard run against the Bills. Like, let's be a little bit creative with the formation, some motion, some misdirection. Let's just do something that everyone else is doing that for some reason the Eagles refuse to do. How in love is Doug with the fake screen one way, screen to the other side, play like fake? And it's extremely jumping slow out developing. Of, yeah, jumping yeah. out of the out of the moon. It's also just an extremely slow developing play. And when you have a guy who's one a little bit inaccurate, and two, you have to get the ball into the hands of either Rager, Deshaun Jackson, or Hightower because you need speed. The, you can't throw a, like if you throw a tight end screen, you might get six seven yards. Maybe your blocking's great. Who knows? But you usually want to throw it to a faster guy. I would just like to see them run a classic halfback screen where a guy signs up, like it looks like single high handoff, and you just drop back and dump it over. It works all the time. There's reasons why plays still exist, just like the draw. The draw play still works. It's a it's a mister, it's not a misdirection play, but it's you know an illusionist play where it looks like you're going to throw the ball and you hand it off. I I just think this offense just looks vanilla, and I'm not letting Carson off the hook because he's played like shit. Carson hasn't played well. Although I will, def- I'm not going to defend the Ortega Whiteside throw. If he throws that one second earlier, that's a touchdown. That was there was an opening there at one point. He was just late to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was. It's it's tough to defend him off of that throw where um, Goddard beat uh, Jalen Ramsey down the sideline right. and he threw it behind him. Um, yeah, that ball has to go over shoulder. the top. That was that was just a weird throw. Like there, that was a miscommunication, or just he lollipopped it. What um. 
will what needs to happen if anything has to happen would you get back on board if they came in and blew their doors off by like 20 21 three touchdowns would you be like it was backwards like that's the Bengals I would love to see them go out and put up 35 points I think that's what this team needs this team just needs to dominate somebody and you have the perfect opponent coming in to do it mm-hmm. I mean this this isn't a good team the quarterback's going to be very good Joe Burrow you saw flashes of that last Thursday he's going to be very good but he's still a rookie they don't have a good offensive line their wide receivers are good but he has to be able to get it to them and they can run the ball but their defense is trash so even if the like I love the over I'd bet the over in this one no matter what but I think what the Eagles need to do is they need to come out and just tell Carson and be like get the ball out fast and just Get moving. Get moving side to side. There's no – I just they just need to get him going. Find a way to get creative with Carson. Do uh, you remember the story when Nick Foles took over and they're like, oh, we sat down and talked to Nick. He's like, what do you really like to do? And they watched all the tape with Chip Kelly from the 27-2. I think they just need to sit down with Carson and be like, what do you actually want to be doing on the field? Let him do his Superman shit. That's fine. Let him run around the pocket and throw off bounds. That's when he's at his best. Let's figure out a way to make it work. But it's also then, you know, it's where he's at his most injury prone. You know what? At some point, you got to get over the injury. That's the thing. Okay. Like, that's fine with me. That's, that's the go, thing. You know I'll what? I'm, I'm fine. If this guy wants to play, he wants to play the way he wants to play, and it leads to injuries, that's on him. It's not my life. You know what? We, uh, handcuffing him doesn't do any favors for him. Let him play. If, if we really, and we shouldn't go into this, but like, we really want to break it down. Last year's was a freak injury. He had a fractured back, which is a pretty freak injury. And then that obviously ACL tear where two people sandwiched him when he jumped through the pile. In the, yeah, in but the it ramps. goes back to that. I mean, he had the broken ribs. He had the broken ribs and then he had the broken wrist in college. The problem is he – what you need Carson to do is play, play reckless – play recklessly smart. That's what you need him to do. And that sounds like an oxymoron. But – he needs to know when it's time to give up on a play, and he needs to know when it's okay to try and make a play. You know, there's, that's, that's the annoying thing. At year five, he should know what that is. I mean, Russell Wilson clearly knows, and it's, people need to stop comparing to Russell Wilson like I just did, but we just need to get this guy comfortable again. And I actually think I actually think I've missed in Cogas Alshon Jeffrey. I'd love to have Alshon Jeffrey just to have a dependable target for Carson to throw to. Back by early October, suppose we kind of ahead of the line. So we'll be back before Jalen Rager is. So we'll Also, here's, here's Gary's guarantee of the week, and if there's a, a prop on this, I would bet it. Bet John Hightower scoring a touchdown this week. Hmm. There's, definitely a prop. there's definitely a prop on that. It's probably, it's probably Absolutely. Plus, plus high money, too. Yeah, um, just take it. Why not? Awesome. Well, Peach, 15 seconds. Prediction, what do you think? All right, 15 seconds. Line play, uh, just two stats. They're giving up three sacks per game. Cincinnati Bengals, the Eagles defense line has to get in there, and we have to run the ball on this team. Uh, the Cleveland Browns ran for 215 yards, and Los Angeles Chargers ran for 155 yards. So the line play on both sides of the ball is what is going to determine this game. This is a game we should win. If we don't win it, that, that I mean, I don't want to say that's it, but, I mean, this is clearly talent-wise we are just a better team. Um, I think we can win this one. I would say something like twenty-eight twenty. Okay. Actually, I, I was looking at like twenty-eight twenty-one. So that's still a really close game. The, the, uh, PJ caught up a good point though. Like, run the football. Yeah. Like this is a team you could run the football on. So run the football. Miles Sanders ran it pretty well outside that stupid fumble that he had. Um, yeah, first possession. And I also love PJ essentially just saying the game's won in the trenches. So good work yeah. out of you, Peach. Old school po- football. Gail Sayers would be proud. Yeah. R.I.P. to the legend. Great analysis. 
Um, this is a new segment we actually want to do. We kind of just want to do Thursday night football storylines. And they could be anywhere. They could be all over the place. But basically the storylines that we think are going to occur during the game. So we'll probably do these for, for Thursday night football. And then when we release on uh, Tuesday's pod, we'll do them for Monday night football. So obviously the game will be always be over. We'll release this pod on Friday. So if you're listening to this now, happy Friday. We made it. Um, so what do you guys got? You guys have any Thursday night storylines that we're going to get between the Miami Dolphins and Gardner Minshew and the Jaguars? Because obviously the only one that's already taken is the mustache and the beard. Right. Um, Harvard versus Washington, maybe. I don't know. That that might be a storyline. Is, um, is Washington Pac-12 Harvard? I don't know about that. Washington State? I just, I don't know, I just know where both of things Washington State, right? So here you go. Starters. Limp Biscuit versus Two Life Crew. Okay. Limp Biscuit for all the nookie, baby. Limp Biscuit was founded in Jacksonville, Two Life Crew in Miami. Ooh. Um, no chance you know who Two Life Crew is. I don't. I know who Limp Biscuit is, though. Um, all right, I'll give you a couple since you guys are prepared for this. Um, the Jags underdog attitude, nobody believed in these guys. Right. Sold out Fournette and Gakwe. No one believed in this team, two and one they could start. And then Brian Flores, his guys played for him. I was going to say something like these two teams were – last year the Dolphins were known as like probably the worst team in football. Yeah. And then this – going in. And then okay. this year – and they kind of played above expectations. And Jacksonville looks like they're playing above expectations. But like you, when the NFL makes a schedule – here's my storyline. This is the Thursday night game you give me on week three. I mean, I, I mean, love football. Do you think I they expected to do it to be playing? I love no. football, but come on. You could have gotten a better to, Thursday night give game. us Titans – Jacksonville, like every year when both teams were in the, the gutter. Hey, CJ2K could play. I don't he wasn't on those games. It was yeah, on those it was Mariota. Games. You're disrespecting David Gerard and Maurice Jones-Drew. Bro, when those do you think there was no football? Teams. Yeah, it was Marcus Mariota versus Bortles. It was Bortles versus Mariota. Do you think um, they'll do like uh, total touchdown that. passes per capita versus coronavirus cases in Florida? Could be. They, the, yeah. every, there'll be an offensive touchdown, and uh, everybody on the 11-man offensive side of the ball will line up in a vote. Uh, they'll all lie, lay down in the end zone and line up in a vote and look at a nice aerial shot because okay. I don't know if you've gone on any of your apps lately. Just register to vote. Because yeah, register to vote. Everyone. All it tells you – well, I mean, yeah, you should vote, and you should register regardless, to vote. Yeah, regardless right, of either I'm side. Registered, I'm going to vote. Can you just stop telling me on my fucking apps what I'm just trying to, like, scroll Instagram – Sorry. But you should vote. I'm registered. Yeah. I'm registered. Go vote. Go vote. Um, Regardless of party, just vote. I feel like a narrative A narrative is going to be like, this isn't a real road game for Miami. Vote or die. It's only an hour flight. It's crazy that's an hour flight. That's pretty far, no actually. Fans. Yeah, it's no fans in than... Jacksonville? No, there's uh, fans in Jacksonville. I was going to say, it's Florida. Fans, Florida yeah. does whatever the hell they want. They're like, oh, you want to have fans? Have them all. Spit each other's yeah. mouths right here. You think the pool yeah, will be open? I feel like they probably had to shut down. Yeah, the they could the pool. Now, the pool is open. can't live in chlorine. That's true. That's actually, you're not wrong. Hydro, hydrochloroquine. Stadium. Hydrochloroquine. You fill that with hydrochloroquine, cure the coronavirus right up. Boom. It's a fountain um, of youth. Do you still ever uh, watch football on Sunday and you're like, oh, shit, they have fans? Because I've caught myself doing that like five times. Like, oh, shit, they got fans in there. Like the Browns. Yeah. I didn't know the Browns were, were going to have fans on Thursday night. Did you see the fans brawl? No. There was a brawl in, in Cleveland. They got in a big-time fight, social distance fight. The, Brown, the Browns Bengals? Yeah, there was a fight. It was awesome. That's awesome, see, man. Did you also see that video of the Cowboys fans just beating the hell out of each other with chairs in a bar? No. 
Yeah, you got to look the fights these fights up. These are, these are good fights. Uh, there's a lot of good fights this weekend. That's the um, best. I mean, that, that kind of makes it feel like we're getting back to normal a little bit. Hey, here's a question for you. You know how they try to do color rush Thursdays? Mm-hmm. Why doesn't the NFL just lean into making a billion dollars and do throwback Thursdays? Just wear the throwback jerseys? Yeah, just wear the throwback. And, you know, it's that stupid rule where you can't wear the helmets. Just get Nike, that rule. Just Nike get bitches and complains. The region, right? the you, colors. you can wear three sets of jerseys, right, home and away, and you're one alternate. But if everyone's alternate was just their throwback, it'd be fine. And then you get color rush. So I guess you get four. But I don't you, even know. They, no one wears color rush anymore. It's, de- it's a dead thing. So would you give up the Eagles black to bring back Kelly Green as their alternate? Yeah. Nike Nike yeah. bitches and complains. They don't have the colors, but I think next year they actually get to vote on the um, on the colorways and stuff. So I think that could start coming back. I, like I, I I think next year opens up a, a plan for Kelly Green to be one. Yeah, I just I feel like that's a no brainer. Throwback Thursday should just be how they do it. If they're gonna throw Thursday night football down my throat, make it interesting and make me like, wait, who's playing? Oh. It's the Patriots versus the Oilers. I didn't know they were still a team, but it wouldn't be. It would be Ooh. Houston. It would be cool. Remember the Kurt, Kevin Curtis game in those ugly blue and yellow jerseys? Like three Dude, touchdowns? That, they were awesome, yeah. Donald yeah, McNabb had a perfect pa- passing range in that one. It's against um, Detroit. All right, so those are the Thursday night storylines. We'll do those every uh, every pod, I guess, because it we'll actually lines up those, pretty yeah. perfectly. Garrett, do you want to do the betting wheel? Do you want to get that bet- is the betting wheel ready to go? I got the wheel up here. Um, it's the same thing. All the divisions are on here. Ride with PJ, Dallas, Ryan Fitzpatrick won. And then this week, uh, if you get the one that's a punishment, you have to wear the Joker makeup for the entire podcast next week. Gary is wearing a dress, so props to Gary, paying his bets off. Never thought that was ever uh, not going to happen. So There's nothing, there's nothing wrong with wearing a dress either. Nothing wrong with wearing a dress. I would say you're more masculine for wearing a dress than you are not masculine. You wear whatever you want. This is America. You do what you want. So do yeah. you. But it tells play. me you're comfortable in your own skin. I am comfortable in my own skin. I think I look great, too. All right. Let's uh, do this. It's the Water Boys Fun Wheel. All right. Before we get into this segment, I wanted to talk to you about some really big news. The Water Boys have partnered with PointsBet. It is the fastest growing sports book in the world. Sign up today and use the promo code WATERBOYS. That's W O O D E R BOYS to sign up now and get free money to bet with up to 250 bucks. That means a $50 deposit gets you 100 bucks in credits, 150 gets you 300, 250 to 500. You get it. It's math is tough. Just put it in there, and there'll be extra money for you to bet on. It's free money. Take it and put it on the Eagles to win the Super Bowl 55 or the Phillies to win the World Series. Once again, that's promo code WATERBOYS, W-O-O-D-E-R, BOYS. And you can find that link in the description of this podcast episode. This offer currently only applies to new customers and is only available in New Jersey. Um, PJ's first, and we're doing overs. Overs are first, PJ. All right. All right, here we go. Spin that wheel. Internet. PJ sticks with the West Coast, Best Coast theme with the AFC West over. All right, give me over 53 and a half in the Kansas City Chiefs-Baltimore Ravens game. Shootout incoming. And also right. going to be the best Monday Night Football game of the year. You writing these down? You writing these down? Yes. Mm, he wasn't. If, you he were, wasn't if, if we didn't ask you, would you have written them down? I actually had it prepared. Getting ahead, he's getting a little ahead of his skates here. All right, here we go, you Kyle. See, there's a list. Here we go. Kyle also gets the AFC West. I will um, take the over of the Panthers Chargers game, forty three and a half. Okay. That is a much better. Just don't feel like there's going to be a lot of defense. Hopefully, Justin Herbert can put the ball in the end zone, unlike last week. All right, what's Gary's? 
problem. It's going to be me again. We're stupid. Is the AFC West on here twice or something? Because I just got the AFC West. Oh, hey, guys. <laughs> Hand up. I put the AFC West on here twice. <laughs> All right. I'm going to take the other AFC West game. Um, did you take the Vegas one? Nope. No one took the Vegas one yet. I'll take the over 47 and a half on Vegas. And let me fix this. All right. Unders. We're going to unders, Peach. Ready? You can't make this. <laughs> I got the AFC West. <laughs> All right, PG, AFC West under. Hey, there's got to be one more game. What's the last game? I mean, you can pick any game, but. Chargers, no, because Chargers, I pick, I pick Raiders, Chiefs. So who's the last team in the AFC West? Broncos. All right, I'll take the Broncos, Tampa Bay, Buccaneers under 43 and a half. It's actually probably not a bad bet. No Drew Locke. Yeah. All right, here we go, Kyle. All right, Ryan Fitzpatrick team. You got to take an oh. under a team Ryan Fitzpatrick has once played for. Okay. So Rams, Bengals, Bills, Tennessee Titans, Texans, Jets, Bucks, Dolphins. So you know, under. You know what? I'm going to ride with Peach. Okay. Under, 40, under 43 and a half. I kind of love that under too. Yeah. It just depends on if Tampa wants to go off. I'm spinning it. I'm spinning it. Unders, unders, unders. I got the NFC South. Ooh, I could also take this Tampa Bay one if I wanted to. Should we just make this a group bet? You want to make it a group bet? Lil? I want to look at a couple more of these here. Nothing wrong with a nice three-way. Yeah. Menage a trois. Hmm. I'll take it. Let's let's ride all together. Let's let's go. all We're going to ride that one. Bucks yeah, under 43 and a half. Mainly because I couldn't remember what teams were in the NFC South, and I felt like I was wasting time. We're spinning. We're doing money line. We're doing uh, against the spread here, Peach. NFC East, Peach. Ooh. Ooh. All right. Give me the Giants plus three and a half home against the 49ers. I really don't want to fucking have to dress up and put makeup on. <laughs> it's poor timing. Kyle's going to be looking like the Joker. So if you if you want to wear the Joker makeup, I I'm, I'm fully support you. Listen, pay your debts. Be a man. Look at me. You can either be Joaquin or Heath. I have no problem mm. with either one. Oh, I'm going Heath. You go one and one only. Yeah, you gotta go Heath. That's the best. I can't one, wait. Right? What about uh, what about the guy from Thirty Seconds to Mars, Jared Leto? You could do that if if you want. I feel like that's like a variation of Heath, though. Do I have to do the green wig or just the no? Makeup? No, I, just the makeup. Makeup's fine. We can reenact the the hospital scene if you want. Make a little video out of it. No, listen. Take your fantasies and 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 whatever <laughs> you do after when we're off this podcast between you and God, Peach. Yeah, you said the same thing last week when I had a big put in the dress. All right, here we go. <laughs> All right, I'm doing outrights. God damn, it's the goddamn AFC freaking West again. <laughs> Where'd the AFC West part? Division. Who's the AFC West? Who's in the AFC West? Chiefs, Chargers, Broncos. Thank you. And Raiders. Wait, Kansas City plus three and a half? Um, Away. They are playing the Ravens. I saw that. You know what? Let me ride with, let me ride with Vegas. I'll take Vegas. Plus six. I actually kind of like that. That bet, too. All right. All the bets are in. Do we have any more? No, I think that's everything. We do over, under, and, the, and against the spread. I love it. Right. I'll, I I'll Wait, Kyle, do you want to take a team? Do you just want to give an against the spread pick, even though you have to wear your Joker makeup? Sure. Okay. Falcons minus three. Ugly pick. Falcons over Bears. Mr. Bisky's a fraud. If anyone listened to me last week, they covered on uh, the Giants covered on the five and a half. Sounds Easy. good to me. Sounds good to me. Um, PJ's guarantee was not as successful. 
Nope. Hmm. For the second straight week. You want to? What was that guarantee again? The Vikings. But if you look at the picks, real quick, just shout out to my picks. Every single week will come out today when you're listening to the pod. I was ten five and one against the spread in week two. Jason, some sparkle for me, baby. All right. If you guys didn't know, last Friday was the 35th, or this year's the 35th anniversary of Super Mario Bros. Okay. okay. All right. Mario games been coming out for 35 years. And on Friday, they announced a game, or they came out with a game called Mario 3D, which is Mario 64 and Mario Sunshine for the GameCube, Mario Sunshine for the GameCube, and then Super Mario Galaxy <laughs> for the Wii. I'm All lost. in one game and for the Switch. So huh? it's a Mario-themed Sporkle today. We are playing a Sporkle called Mario Kart Track or National Park. Ooh. Oh, okay. This is fun. Yeah, I like I mean, this Gary's one. Gary's going to run through this. He, he likes National Parks, and he okay. likes Mario Kart. All right. I mean, so I, might get the, I might get them wrong. I don't know, man. I'm going to try to do my best to figure out which one's which. But we're going to start out with a simple one. Ready? Gary, you go first, okay? I always go first. No, no, you're good. You go. Okay. Ready? I'll go up till battle. Is Grumble Volcano? Grumble Volcano is a, a Mario Kart track or a national Hold on. park? Let me ask you a question. Are these worldwide national parks or United States national parks? Because the United States is not the only place that has national parks. That's a great question. I don't have the answer for that. Okay, so I'm <laughs> going to assume it's United States. I'm going to say it's a Mario Kart track. That is Grumble Volcano is a Mario yeah, Kart. That sounds track. Right. See, I didn't play after N64, so I'm worthless anything Me after either, that. Me either, man. Me either. Well, that's not fair. I probably played Double Dash and the one that came out on DS. All right. And is yeah. Kyle, is Mushroom Gorge mm. a Mario Kart track or a national park? That's a national park. No. No. It's not. No. It is a Mario Kart <laughs> no. track on the Wii. That one's a tough one. <laughs> That's a tough one. Listen, if it's not Moo Moo Farms or, Star- or Rainbow Road, Moo, I'm Moo probably Moo Meadows. It's Moo Let's Moo not Meadows. For- no, it's- no, there's Moo Moo Farm. That's in 64. Let's also not forget who's the king of the uh, of Mario Kart on the podcast. Remember, one time we played, I had the most wins. On the N64. I've never lost the Moo Moo Meadows on the Wii. All right, okay. Gary. The Great way. Sand Dunes. I'm going to go first to five, by the way. Great Sand Dunes. I know there's a Sand Dune 1 in the DS version, but I'm going to say it's a national park. It is a national park. This isn't as hard as you think. I feel like deductive reasoning can just... Yeah, don't overthink it, Kyle. You might be overthinking it. Mushroom mushroom Meadows, like... mm. All right, Bone Dry Uh, Dunes. That's a national park. I don't play anything that's else. Gotta, that's got to be Dry Bones' like, personal park, right? Yes. Like, that's, yes. that's his course? Yes. Yeah. Everyone knows Dry Bones. Who's Dry Bones? <laughs> oh, my. <laughs> Maybe I do play more Mario Kart than I give I'm myself credit guy. for. So was I. I, have, I play Madden. Kyle was too right, busy hanging out with girls. All right, Gary. Yeah. Maka Wuhu. Maka Wuhu. That's a national park in Hawaii. That is not. That is a right. Mario Kart track. Okay, that's fine. Rainbow Road. All right. (laughs) What about Desert Hills? Fucking A. Mario Kart track. The other one's definitely a Mario Kart track. Yeah, I knew that one. Mario Kart track. The third time you go around, the the sand pit gets bigger and bigger. Oh, I didn't know that. I know. It's terrifying. What's the score here? 2-1. Frap Snowland. Oh, that's a Mario Kart track. It is a Mario Kart track. It's Frappe Snowway. Yeah, no, frap. Frappe. Yeah, you said Frap. It's Frappe. What about <laughs> Mammoth Cave? Mario Kart track. 
Yeah, good call. It's National Park. Damn! <laughs> Where's Mammoth Cave? Yeah. Uh, Kentucky. Kentucky. I'll tell you something. I'm staying away from Kentucky. I ain't going there anytime soon with today's news. Who's up? Gary? Yeah, I think so. Mount Rainer. That's a national park. That is a national park. <laughs> I mean, park. I even knew that one. <laughs> That's how the cookie crumbles. Yeah, about- Mr. Like. <laughs> the one we did was like 2020 pop culture. You got like these easiest ones. Crater no Lake. Kyle, Crater Lake. You're down 4 1. So you really. Oh, that's, a, that's a Mario Kart track. No. I, don't, I, I mean, you have a 50 50 guess every yeah. time. <laughs> I just thought me sounding so confident, you would just kind of forget. Oh, it's a lake in Oregon. He's just hopeful. All right. Carlsbad Caverns. All right. Is this for the win? Yes, this is for the win. Hey, what's it called? Carlsbad Caverns. I'm going National Park. It is a national park. Yeah, it's Kyle Boom. Park. Now, Kyle, I, I, just I didn't you know that know. one. I feel like I feel like um that I'm guy, sure. the, the delivery worker in Big Daddy, where it's like, damn you, you give him all the easy ones. Yeah. <laughs> I'll give I'll give you this one. I hope you know this one. Mount Wario. Oh, pff, national park, no doubt. <laughs> just kidding. That, I know it's a Mario Kart course. Uh, I don't know. Bowser's no. Castle didn't come up. Somehow, I don't know. Castle. I don't know. Well, I think the point. Bouncing. There's Maple Tree Ray. Koopa Cape was on there. I tried to stay away from the really easy ones. Like everyone knows Koopa <laughs> Cape. Warrior everyone knows Stadium. that Bowser's Castle is a castle out in Transylvania. Like Yoshi's Valley was on here. Wow, oh, that would have been easy. Who well, calls that was Valley. easy because. But that is a victory for Gary. I think I like this. I tried. To, I like this Mario theme. We might come with another Mario themed in the future. In Mario yeah, but Kart. you made it topical. You made it topical because there was like an anniversary. Just don't. Yeah, you had a behind the scenes. Yeah, let's. You you produced. That's what you did today. You produced. True. Thank you. I did. Good work. Good work. It took almost a year, but you did it. Almost. Has it been a year? No. No, hasn't been a year for us. (laughs) We don't even know what episode we're on. We don't. But December is our one year. Happy birthday to us. Mm. What are you gonna get me? Yeah, Peach. What are you gonna get us? A Rolex. We can all go out to dinner and celebrate. Okay. On your parents' like credit December. card? Yeah. Well, cool. Don't on your parents' credit card. Perfect. The expense account. Yeah. Yeah. Go to Fogo. Saw some more t-shirts. The expense account needs to uh, build up. All right. So we were talking last night. We wanted to bring up this. Who's more full of shit? Josh Harris or John Middleton? Obviously, with the Phillies, they had a 66% chance of making the playoffs at the start of the week. I think that's already diminished below 30%. Josh Harris, that guy's got a laundry list of problems. Not to mention that just untradeable contracts and a flame out of a first round exit when it shouldn't have happened. So um, I'm going to take the point of Josh Harris is more full of shit. Gary's going to take John Middleton is more full of shit. And then PJ's going to decide. Does that sound good? Yeah. Let me hear your Josh Harris stuff too, because I was a little bit terrified of Josh Harris when he was considering to buy the Mets. And I never okay. looked into it. I just dismissed him. So there's a couple things. So okay. I think the big thing is I I do believe at one point Sam Hinkie had to be moved. I just don't think he had to be moved at the time that he was moved, especially because it was a power struggle. Obviously, they let Jerry Colangelo come in. Jerry Colangelo is basically a mouthpiece for David Stern at that point. The owners were all bitching to them that the revenue share is down because um, – the Sixers aren't pulling their weight because they're you're winning eight, 10, 12 games a year. No one's coming to that. Fine. Fine by me. But 
But then you let Brian, you let, you let Brian Colangelo come in after you already instituted his dad as, as like an overseer. So there's just that nepotism. Obviously, the power grab that led to that, then what led to Burnergate. And there's just a bunch of other things. Them, they still don't refer to the Wells Fargo Center as anything but the center. And I looked into it to why Scott O'Neill was such a petty bitch. And it's because the Wells Fargo Bank doesn't want to sponsor the Sixers. So they won't use them on any marketing. They won't use them on any if, – if you're coming to an event down at Sixers Arena, it's always referred to as the center. And it's like, it's like the knockoff ice cream man. It's like you, 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 want, a, you want a chip witch, but it's like, no, sir. You, you get the sandwich with, with two cookies mm. in between the ice cream. And it's just like some knockoff, like, blue bunny, like, ice cream. It's the Bobo brand. The Bobo brand. There you go. There you go. And then he let Je- – well, this is kind of actually coming up to now. He let Brett Brown go through the draft process and free agency with no GM. I think that's insane. When you have a position – for a general manager, and say what you want about general managers, I don't always know if there needs to be. I think some coaches can be general managers, but a lot of times it's not the case. But like you should have someone who is a player evaluator, is a talent evaluator who can who can do the kind of the behind the scenes work as you're, you know, either evaluating players or seeing them in training camp and doing free agency stuff. There's just a lot of tasks to go around that's not always that's just on one guy's plate. Obviously, he has you know the assistant GMs and whatnot. But anyway, so. Getting all out of that, out of the way, they wanted to sign big free agents and they were star hunting. Remember Brett Brown was like, we're star hunting now? Yep. That was the famous quote. But then that it he was had. star developing after that. Yeah, then we're star hunting, star developing and whatnot. Mm-hmm. So basically, you want to hear the stars we got uh, that year were Mikael Bridges, who we then traded for Zaire Smith, who's played 13 games for us, and Landry Shamit, who obviously we uh, packaged in that deal with Tobias. Um, Mikael Bridges, as you know, had a great bubble. Landry Shamit's been a great piece for the LA Clippers since um during the during the general manager search guys with resumes david griffin um one of them being that he interviewed he won with lebron actually was a key piece of bringing lebron back back to cleveland they said at the time that they didn't feel comfortable hiring him because they wanted a more collaborative environment and didn't want the gm to have the sole purpose of making a decision which if you're a gm like I don't know if you've ever been like meetings. I don't know how much meetings you do really, Gary, at work and everything. But like, mm-hmm. if nobody's there to make a decision, it's just half an hour to an hour of just people just hearing themselves want to talk, want to talk, offering ideas, and right. nothing ever coming down to like one final solution. And then you're wondering two weeks later why you're having the same meeting. Right. So it's like you hire these people to put these people in a position, and they're people from the Colangelo regime. And now they're, they're making decisions. They're, you know, you don't know what they, they think about everybody because they're not their guy. Obviously, Elton Brand, Zaire Smith's not his guy. Uh, Landry Shamit wasn't his guy. A lot of these, like, my guy things, actually, like, a lot of times athletes say when new GMs and new coaches come in, you know, they're cast to the wayside because you're, they're not who they drafted or their guy. And then it just gets to – it gets to the part about, like, the fans – like there is so much disconnect from the top to like the fans. We're literally the reason you could argue the Sixers were once the most beloved team in Philly around the 2010s, mid 2010s. The Eagles were seven and nine back to back. The Phillies were rebuilding. Hockey was hockey, but it's 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 kind of hockey always, has its base. Yeah, hockey, hockey has, has its base. base. I yeah. agree. Like we had 
like Sixers fans had the most fervor. They were just so about the process. Everyone continued to re-up for season tickets and season tickets were increased every year. Even though our ticket reps told us, hey, listen, you'll be locked into that price for the life when we when you originally bought them. Obviously they lied. We were, once they put a product on the, on the court, we were top three in attendance the last with, three years. And with the process, they really got the majority of the fan base to buy into stinking. Oh, they did. They so did. When I we mean, first, there were some archaic people out there that were like, you don't do this, you don't do this, this isn't how you went. But some people saw and understood exactly what they were trying to do. It's like there's, there's a reason why the process was an idea. It's a shame we never got to see it to the end because I think the process would have worked. I still believe that. But it's a shame that they moved Hinky out. So there you go. We started – someone started Trust the Process. The organization at first – wanted nothing to do with it. They wanted to abandon that name. They never talked about the name. I think one time Scott O'Neill was said something pretty negative about, you know, the trust, the process. He laughed at it. And they didn't really pick it up until a movement started and ESPN started picking it up. National Media, Bleacher Report, all of them picked it up. Mm-hmm. And, then they went and, they, it. and then they trademarked the phrase so that they could sell, you know, so that they saw a gold mine. They could sell a bunch of T-shirts and more merch and uh, along with all the other merch – of the lottery picks that already flamed out and that were traded. So, I mean, it's just, there's a, we are a huge part of the reason why Josh Harris, do you want to know how much his, he bought the team at 270 between 290 million. Guess how much it's worth today. It's gotta be worth at least a bill now, right? Two bill now it's 10 times increased, but like, why should we think that Josh Harris and I'm going to totally contradict myself why should we think that josh harris gives a fuck about what we think his, josh harris doesn't give a shit about you he made all his money off of coming in taking something that was an investment that wasn't doing mm-hmm. well that might have had a lot of debt might have had a lot of um, insurance issues and whatnot flipping it and then selling it off for a profit and that's exactly what he's doing now he's also putting the wheels in motion to move the team to camden he, he I mean he is you know that's true he, he i don't you know it. You know what? It, it, the theory's got to be there. It's going to be way cheap. He's all about whatever the value of what something is. So the value is going to be cheaper to build on the riverfront than build in Philadelphia. And he could probably convince Phil Murphy to be like, "Yeah, yeah, have some taxpayer money. We'd love to bring the Sixers here." Like it's, you know, uh, the 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 practice stadium, the practice facility is already there. So it, it just wouldn't surprise me. That's all I'm saying. I think it would be hard for them to do it, and it would really piss Philadelphia off. I mean, it would be great for me because I don't have to go over the bridge, but then I got to survive Camden. But, you know. So the thing is, if this does get ugly, and it could get ugly because I don't know, you know, I haven't heard much since after they got their proposal denied on the waterfront for the new stadium. They could literally pick government versus government. Yeah. And then if, if, if like you said, if Phil Murphy or if Mayor Kenny or the, or the mayor of Camden, whoever that may be, doesn't give them what they want and whatnot. <laughs> they'll move it. Over, they'll move it over to Camden. But then you're then you're using like you're using Philly roads. You're using Philadelphia, which most of the individuals who are going to games who can afford games who can go to you know afford the concessions and stuff are coming from Philadelphia over the bridge onto the ferry using our lanes, our roads, our taxes and stuff to come over our our paychecks to come over there. Yeah, but I can just contradict you. I bet you 50% of the Sixers fans already go into Philadelphia from New Jersey. I would say more from PA area go to a game. And there's no, I don't know how we would do these fucking numbers, but, like, 
Well, you probably have more from Philadelphia because the population's higher and it's easily accessible, but there's still a decent amount of people. Yeah, I the number would probably be flip flopped if the, the stadium was in New Jersey, but I bet you, I bet well, you. Well, no, because I think you just get south. You get south and central Jersey because you wouldn't get North Jersey. No, but I mean, New Jersey's also weird because of Trenton. Like some people are New York fans. Yeah, so I'm saying like. I got you. I know what you're saying, but I don't know if that really applies. I don't know. I, I get what you're saying, but I, I think that one could be argued either way. We also don't have the numbers on that, so it's kind of hard to even go about. But if they, move, of, I didn't know a lot of these things about Josh Harris, so I'm glad he didn't buy the Mets. <laughs> if they move to, he also owns the, he also owns the Devils. People forget so, that. There you go. So another thing is they wanted to cut employee salaries and then they were going out to publicly buy the Mets and then yeah. ended up just getting a 5% stake in, steel, in the Steelers. So it's like you want to cut those salaries and then you want to go out and invest in, a, in more pro, pro sports franchises. It's kind of bullshit. Money's a, money does terrible things to people. And the problem is when you have enough money, for some reason, everyone just wants more. I'm not going to get political about it, but at a certain point, like, a dollar value you have in your bank accounts enough to set you up in generations. So maybe people think about people. I'm not saying get taxed. I like just let's think about other people. Sometimes um, you made a lot of good Josh Harris points. I don't have as much as you do on Josh Harris as us, John Milton's I'm a Mets fan. Remember that I'm a Mets fan. So I have the greatest owner in the world, but um, I think the problem with John Milton's and I actually think that I think he doesn't understand how smart Philadelphia fans truly are. I think he, I think he thinks he's the smartest man in the room at all times. I think he listens to his fans to a point, but he does it out of emotion because he's like, oh, how can I sell this more? I mean, if you have a, if you have, you have this team this year, right? So all they have to do is spend a little bit more money on getting a real bullpen, and you probably make the playoffs. The Phillies are probably not going to make the playoffs this year, and it's 100% because this guy refused to spend money. But then two years ago, he's out and said, I'm going to spend stupid money on everything. He allows his GM, or, or he does it, he trades their, their best prospect, who looks fantastic now, for a guy with two years of control and just dropped off communication. And now there's a shark out there ready to take that guy away from you. Like, he just – it just seems like he he took ownership, was like, I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to make this big splash, go get Bryce Harper, and then I don't have anything else to do from here. And the things that – like, the fact – what, what drives me insane more about him is that there's a there's a core there that could pro- you could probably win with, and he refuses to spend money to invest in winning. And I feel like he tries to dance around the, t- the the fans by saying, like, oh, we'll do this, we'll do that. I think the fans know that this guy's full of shit. That's the thing. He also looks like a, pl- like a plantation owner that stepped out of a, out of a, a time machine. He's yeah, like, he's he a tobacco just... guy. He yeah, looks like I a mean, big tobacco guy. Well, I mean, he is a big tobacco guy, isn't he? Yeah, he's, he's a cigar. He money in cigars. Yeah. yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's so, kind of hard. to. I mean, I'm not as well-informed on Josh Middleton because, again, he's not my no. team. But So there's there's that quote, the video that went around that he, like, doesn't want to be involved in, like, the one-year, one $2 million signings. He wants to be involved in, like, the CEO decision, like, the big wings, like, the, like right. the Bryce Harper signings and whatnot. But he literally could have extended JT Real Muto right before the season – and now we're just fucked because we got this pandemic. He's crying about losing a hundred million dollars. I wouldn't want to lose a hundred million dollars either, but like, let's think long-term at one point. Like, let's think you're going to make that up. You will make that up most likely unless baseball takes a freaking nosedive, which I don't see it, it, it doing. And, and well, TV it contracts on what are, Rob Manfred, that idiot does. But I mean, TV contracts are only going up in every mm-hmm. sport right now. And they will continue to probably baseball. As long as they fix, 
some things I think they need yeah, to fix. Yeah, if they're just if they one time embrace that they have fans that want to watch and let them watch, that'd be great. So I mean, you will recoup that money. I know they didn't. I know billionaires don't get to where they are because they just burn money right over fist. So it just. I've never seen anyone do a complete 180 like John Milton has in terms of, like, fan size, like, as fast. Well, everyone loved him after the Bryce Harper thing because he went and got the guy. He went and got he was, somebody. He was one of the – and Jeffrey Lurie does this too. But he was one of the guys who kind of said what he said and then backed it up by doing it. It took forever. Um, well, that was, like, a personal vendetta. I feel like he was like, I'm going to sign Bryce Harper. Mm-hmm. I have a weird feeling – I don't know. There was a lot of reporting around there. Like, I, I have a weird feeling that – Bryce Harper really didn't have that many suitors and the Phillies were the really only real one that was like going to give him the money, but he was just trying to get a bid up. That's why he waited so long. That was a theory. He waited so I long to get that, that bid up, that bid up, that bid up. That's a lot of money, Kyle. Not a lot of, not a lot of franchises can just throw that money at you. Yeah, not a lot of franchises could, Reds but if that? like if there wasn't Mike Trout getting signed to that number and then obviously Manny Machado getting signed to his number, you know, I would say, may, okay, maybe that and number then, is pretty crazy. And but Mookie Betts gets signed Mookie to his gets, money. Yeah. I mean, the money in baseball is really high, which is crazy. That num- and that money is also guaranteed. So you have to look at other contracts. Like, it's all it's all hard with baseball because baseball is one of those things. Where if you sign a guy who's thirty-two to a ten-year deal, you got to pay him for ten years, no matter what. Yeah. Look at Bobby Bonilla. Um, yeah, I don't know. I I would go ahead and say that Josh Harris is. I'm going to just rule against myself and say Josh Harris definitely more full of shit because that guy has no interest in winning championships. He has interest in padding his wallet. That's what he wants to do. All right, Paige, I know, I know uh, Gary ruled against himself. Feel free to give any insight as well, but uh, who are you going with? Josh yeah, Harris. Both of you made growth, uh, very good points. I just think a lot of it is incomp- both of what you guys are saying were both incompetent GMs compared to like owners because at the end of the day, these personnel decisions are made by GMs and not owners, even though the owners back up the money. Um, no, I, I, I see. I disagree with that point because I think it was very clear that Josh Harris was very involved in being like, I'm going in a different direction with the Sixers. But yeah, yeah, I think he, but I think technically they, still, I think but they spend more money than the Phillies. Not you say that, but I, but you're talking about oh. the one big spend on the Phillies, but I mean, I'm sorry. Yeah. But Sixers spend Horford and Spice Harris and paid Ben Simmons and Pedro and Bead. So these guys are all on max deals. So, Technically, they did put their money where their mouth is. On the personal side, I, I mean, everything you said about Josh Harris seems like he, he's like a real asshole. And, you know, he's really – I'm not saying he's like – he's probably not actually a bad guy, but it's not he's go, guy. He's not going – he's not <laughs> going he's towards evil. the Sixers. He fan. once canceled a youth uh, soccer game because he had to play the helicopter on him. I don't really like John Milton because I just can't, can't stand you say you're going to spend stupid with money. And then you and you just disregard the bullpen, and now we have the worst bullpen in MLB history, and we're wasting one of the best lineups in baseball, and we're not going to make the playoffs. That just, at least the Sixers make the playoffs. At least I, I just think the Sixers put on a good product. You could say whatever you want. They do put on the a good Sixers, product. The Sixers put out a maddening product, is what the Sixers put out. But what but it, took what it took for us to to sit through a maniac of an idea, to be okay with it to embrace it, to then come up with a, their own movement that'll be like a 30 for 30, and then for them to not embrace that and then go back as we as they saw, as they saw a money grab opportunity to then trademark that idea and then... then no, Kyle, I, I hear everything you're saying, but they at tried the end of the day... There's too many cooks in the kitchen. 
At the end of the day, one team wins a championship every single year, and every team that made the finals in the East before LeBron James left in the 2010s was LeBron James. So you're like, people are like, oh man, we didn't win anything. Like two teams make the NBA finals out of 30. It's not. Well, I looked to be that two teams one time. I understand that, but it's not easy when you say, oh, we haven't won. It's not many teams well, do. It's also tough when you have one guy who can just so dominate. You, you, yeah. I mean, one guy, can, wherever he decides to go, he has the most he, likely chance to go. Peach, who won? Between you two? Oh, I think, I mean, if we're going to debate, you had a lot more great points about Josh Harris. He's probably more of a scum. So yeah, I'm fine with I'll that. I'll take Josh Harris. I personally hate John Milton more, but I okay. think you had more points. You can have the assholes. I'll just keep winning Sporkle. It's fine with me. <laughs> I'll take the assholes. <laughs> probably better. All right, well, that's the pod. Um Rate, review, subscribe. We're seeing a uptick in numbers. And just wanted to say thank you so much to anyone out there listening to continues to listen, who's told friends. I know in the, in the end of a lot of the shows, I don't know if anyone reads the show descriptions. I just tell a friend to tell a friend. Tell a friend to tell a friend. Yeah, tell, tell, tell a friend. Shout out Justin in Tennessee. I know he's listening. He's a WIP caller, John Barchard fan. I know he listens because he DMs me. Thanks for listening, Justin. I mean, I I love I always loved his calls on WIP. The fact that he listens to us is really cool too. Yeah, seriously. If you if you listen, just DM us. We'll shout you out on the pod. Yeah, we'll shout a, we'll shout a person out on the pod. So Justin in Tennessee. We had the one guy. We had the one guy who just asked me for a T-shirt. I never responded. But shout out to you. Hey, shout out to you for balls. trying. But yeah, you know what? DM us again. I'll if it's the same handle, I'll send you a T-shirt. Um. By the way, Justin from Tennessee, you couldn't even fake that accent. It's so authentic. Yeah. Also, he's sending me some apple butter, so I'll let you guys know how it is. All right. That's the pod. Uh, Thank you, as always, to everybody. I'm Kyle, always joined by Gary and PJ, and go Birds. Go Birds. The Winter Boys podcast was created and hosted by Gary Lay and Kyle Pagan, with contributions from Jason Green, executive producer John Barchard, and our theme song is Telescope by the Pine Bears. 